WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. It has been really hard to get past that Cincinnati game. For the fans, for the media, and that especially includes the talk shows. For the Steelers, it's going to be that much harder because of what happened to Ryan Shazier. But they got to do it. Because on Sunday night, prime time, we got more AFC North football and another rivalry game to win. Uh, It won't be dirty. Well, not as dirty. It won't be vicious. Well, probably not as vicious. But it's always tough and physical when Pittsburgh plays Baltimore. Pittsburgh wants home field. Baltimore wants a playoff berth. So the Steelers need to get over what happened Monday night, as hard as that's going to be, and be ready for the Ravens on Sunday. This is the Mark Madden Show. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call to go one-on-one with the great one. Craig Wolfley joins me at 315. That's just a little bit from now for the best football talk in town. Boy, when did a game between the Steelers and Ravens ever get lost in the shuffle? But you can almost understand it. We had World War III on Monday at Cincinnati, and we got New England next week. Now, the Steelers do have wiggle room. If the Steelers beat New England, they could lose one other game and still get home field. If New England beats the Steelers, it won't matter if the Steelers win all the other games. That's assuming, of course, the Patriots keep winning otherwise. The Ravens, here's a stat. The Ravens have seven defensive touchdowns. That's incredible. But what it mostly means is, if you take care of the football, you're probably going to win. Here's some good news. Antonio Brown said today, The arrow is pointed up with his toe injury. If the Steelers were playing the Bengals again, Vontez Burfick would grab that arrow and try to stab Brown with it. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Or follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. We not only have Craig Wolfley today, we have the king of old school, John Steigerwald, in studio. We got the football picks with Mr. Friday Afternoon. At 5.15, at the end of the year, I'm going to post a poll on Twitter. Should Mr. Friday Afternoon be brought back for next year? And whatever the result of the vote is, will be followed. You have my word on that. Right now we have a preliminary survey up uh, asking the same question. Vote now. Follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. So, want your thoughts on the Stillers and Ravens? I like the Steelers. I think it's going to be close. I don't think Joe Flacco, who's having a very mediocre season, passer rating a 77, 11 touchdowns, 11 picks, I don't think he can beat the Steelers. Not this time. Although the Baltimoreans can run the ball. They got that Collins kid averaging almost five yards per carry. And with the Steelers kind of shaky up the middle, with Art Motes moving inside from the outside, after Nevin played the outside uh, here in Pittsburgh, that's something the running game of the Ravens might be able to take 
some advantage up. So your thoughts on the game against the Ravens, dial 412-333-WXDX. We'll have Craig Wolfley to talk about it in about 10 minutes. Uh, last night at PPG Paints Arena, the Penguins gave it back and then took it away. Up 3-1 at home with under five minutes left should be a lock. But the Penguins are showing some wear and tear. That's my latest conclusion as to why they can't kick it into gear on a lot of nights. Even at home, even when it's not a back-to-back, after 243 games since October 2015, the Penguins slowed down some, like last night. They slowed down some late in the game. And when you play sloppy, it makes trying to play fast into a hand grenade. And you got some guys, key guys, at or near 30 years old. But hey, they won and Shea scored with the goalie playing and everything. Uh, so uh, a win's a win. That means Shea has now scored in three of his last 114 games. To be fair, Shea does have two goals and five assists in his last 11 games. So to quote Motley Crue, to the top we are red hot. Uh, for Riley Shane, that is indeed red hot. Uh, you know, Chris Letang had a goal and assist last night. And the assist gives him 21 helpers on the year, which leads all NHL defensemen. But Letang was minus one last night and is minus 15 on the year. Now, I don't believe plus minus is the be-all, end-all. But apples don't mean everything either. Tanger isn't as good as the Penguins need him to be, but he's a lot better than his critics think. Uh, Chris Letang is going to be fine, and he was mostly good last night. And the power play was two for two, uh, largely because he did a nice job on it. Uh, by the way, Letang ended up getting credit for that first goal. It originally went to Gensel, but... Uh, the film was inconclusive, and Gensel said he didn't touch it. So Latang gets credit for that one. Kessel scored on a dart, one of those unholy Kessel shots. Shane scored just 32 seconds after Kessel. And then Hunwick scores in overtime. And that's where hockey is a funny game. Justin Schultz got hurt Tuesday. He's on IR. Schultz usually gets a shift in overtime. Three on three. But without Schultz last night, Hunwick got his shift in overtime, and Hunwick scores. As sloppy and inconsistent as the Penguins are, they have won five out of six. Talent can trump sloppiness and inconsistency. Well, sometimes. Not in the playoffs, though. But if you keep winning five or six by whatever means necessary, good things are going to happen. So now Toronto visits town tomorrow night. Sidney Crosby against the phenom from Arizona, Austin Matthews. Actually, right now, maybe Phil Kessel should be the guy who gets top billing for tomorrow night's game. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. A couple pens injury notes. Tom Kuthockel sustained an upper body injury last night and left the game. He did not practice today. 
and it'd have to be questionable for tomorrow's game at home against Toronto. Mark Recchi, the assistant coach, the Hall of Famer, he practiced in Kuhnhockel's spot today doing the drills and line rushes. But I don't think Rex has another game left in him. Maybe Rex would think otherwise. Maybe for one night he'd be fine. But I guess Archibald will get called up from Wilkes, or maybe Kuhnhockel will wind up being available. Uh, there was a play last night. Don't know if you caught it. Right before the first Islander goal that tied the game at 1-1, Jordan Everly of the Islanders hit Sid in the head. Shoulder from the blind side. It was very worrisome to see because it was reminiscent of the 2011 Winter Classic when Steckel got Sid and started uh, all of Sid's concussion problems. The, the dominoes fell from there. But Sid didn't leave the game last night, and he practiced today, and Sid said the hit was just incidental contact. Still, it was a very scary moment. I'm really looking forward to the Toronto game tomorrow night. I love watching Austin Matthews play. Uh, again, that kid, he could stick handle through a phone booth. Little plug. Big college hockey game tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Penn State visits Robert Morris in the first game of a home-and-home. -home. Puck drops at 7 p.m. That's always a great game. Very heated. Up next, in studio, it's the best football talk in town. We're going to talk to Steelers all-time great Craig Wolfley here on 105.9 The X. Double M on the X. Joining me now in studio, fresh from the sideline. Well, not that fresh. It was Monday night. <laughs> from the Steelers radio team, he's an all-time Steeler great on the offensive line. It's Craig Wolfley. Uh, Wolf, how does it affect the team, uh, both on the night and moving forward, when a player goes down and is hurt badly, like, unfortunately, Ryan Shazier was? It, it hurts incredibly so. I mean, um, we, we saw the results of that first half, and that's because guys were out there and their heart was heavy worrying about their guy, Ryan. Uh, I can liken it back to a little bit when Gabe Rivera was in a car crash right before, I believe it was Seattle we were leaving. It was like a, I, I remember it being around like a Thursday or a Friday late in the week, but not right up bumped up against the game. So there was some time, but the, it cast a pall over the whole game and – uh, after the season, throughout the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Thinking about Gabe and, and how, what, such promise uh, for him. So with Ryan, loads of prayers, loads of love, and hope and pray that uh, he can get back and, 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 and be able to live a, a great life and hopefully he can get back on the field. Now, you were on the sideline, and you alluded to this a moment ago. It seemed like uh, in the immediate aftermath of that injury, and really in the halftime, that the air really rushed out of the Steelers, like it took them that long, if not longer, to refocus. Is that accurate? I would say so. I mean, as soon as Ryan went down, I mean, you talk about concern. You know, all the NFL players, they know. You go out there, you you're, you feel like you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof, and then all of a sudden something like this happens, and you realize that you're just human. And you're out there, and that whole that whole fallacy of you know I, I I'm I'm indestructible, and that that just falls away. And then you're confronted with that. And and Stefan Tuitt talked about this, and I can tell you from experience, the hardest snap is the next snap because you've got to come back and ramp up to being that that invulnerable guy when you've just faced probably every ball player's worst fear. So again, for Ryan, man, praying for you, brother. Now, the first concern is for Shazier's health, but how will the Steelers 
cope with his absence at inside linebacker, especially Sunday night when it looks like Art Motes is going to move inside. Well, Art Motes is a good choice. He's had some experience there. Uh, and a real smart player, too, yeah, right? I mean, Arthur Sharp. You know, he's he's really had uh, some some uh he's got experience there. He he knows the defense. He knows the big picture, so that really helps him in being able to play. Now, the one thing about it, and I still in my mind, I kind of go LJ Fort is a guy that I he, he plays the position and he still runs pretty well, you know, for you know, for a good inside linebacker. He runs very well. And I think that he would be able to get some good snaps there. But for Art, it's getting his eyes ready for the, the crosstown traffic. When you play outside, you're looking at one third of the field. When you play on the inside, you've got traffic coming. It's like trying to it was like me trying to grab my little one of my kids at Kennywood when they're coming off the Marigold Road. A lot of lot of movement. Well, here's my guess, Wolf, and it's just, you know, Art Hasn't played a ton this year, right. nor is LJ. I would guess they're both going to see considerable snaps inside that, that, that Art's not going to play you know, every down. Right, yeah, and, I would And think. Nickel Dime, too, obviously bites into that. There's no question. And, again, you've got Sean Spence, too, who I always loved Sean. When, Me, too. I mean, that, first of all, it was it was a tra- uh, not tragic, but it was very unfortunate for him, that knee injury, and then spent two years coming back. I love the story. The kid over overcame that, that significant knee injury and, and fought through it. Um He's a he was a player I thought had so much promise and uh, I, I just love the kid he's he's just a tough kid plays hard so to have him back in the fold and there's something a lot of times about a guy coming back from his roots where he was brought into the league that maybe can ignite something and maybe for Sean that's something that uh, comes out in him now who's going to call the defensive signals because because uh, Shazier did that. Who's going to do that now, Wolf? And how hard is that to do? Well, I, you know, I would think that Vince Williams would be the next guy up to do it. Um, you know, and that's just my guess off the top of my very flat head here. <laughs> and uh, I would, you know, it's it is a it's a job. You got to you make sure you know the hand signs. You got to make sure you know everything that uh, is is necessary in the defense to be able to call out the signals and relay them and be able to talk. But at the same time, you know, the, the thing to me that I always found difficult in do, having to do that, when you're directing traffic, you have to refocus right before the snap. Right, because you got to play, job. too. Yeah, you got to play, too. You can't just point at everybody else and direct traffic just like that. What What's your take on the juju block and the one-game suspension? Because certainly that uh, carried my industry all week long. Yeah, there's no question about it. Look, it was a tremendous block, okay? I get it. You and know, five, ten years ago... It's just the block, right? Yes, it's just the block. And I, I'll say this, you know, first of all, if, if, if you put the ball in Juju's hands and turn things around, that would have been a tremendous tackle by Vontez Perfect. All right. Second thing I would tell you is that if you look at it, they're chest to chest in the frontal plane. Okay. Vontez locks eyes on the ball carrier. Juju's coming in to make a block. If Juju, this is the flow of the play. If Juju doesn't block Vontez, he makes the tackle. This is in an aggressive football play in the flow of the action. This is not, in my day, back in uh, the late 80s, down in the Glanville-led Houston Oilers, when Doug Smith, 320-pound Doug Smith, took whacked 185-pound Walt Abercrombie 20 yards behind the play, completely nothing to do with the flow of action. This is a wide receiver taking on a linebacker who's going to make the hit if the wide receiver does not intervene. I don't think any coach in football at any level would not want that wide receiver to make that block. Uh, now, what's your take on the Iloka hit and no suspension? 
I, I wouldn't have my knickers in a twist about him not getting suspended if Juju hadn't got suspended. And I know you can't necessarily compare every suspendable offense, but when they occur in such close proximity in the same game, Wolf, how can you help but? Exactly so. You know, you make a great point. Look, Aloka, it was, it was, he's an aggressive, it's an aggressive football player. You know, I don't think he should have been suspended. But if you're going to suspend Juju, you better suspend George Aloka. Now, the other thing is, if you look at that hit, that was textbook definition of what they were trying to oust out of the league starting in 012. Okay, you're talking about lining up a defenseless wide receiver, Antonio Brown, one foot on the ground, twisting backwards to catch the ball. You had head to head contact with Aloka and with AB, and you had a launch from Aloka. So you had all the elements right there, textbook, and then you're going to say, well, we'll uh, no, we're not going to suspend him. I don't get that. We're talking to Craig Wolfley. Craig brought you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. Is football becoming too soft, Wolf? Uh, Mike Mitchell seems to think so, and I really liked his remarks. I thought they were very concise and very accurate. I thought he was spot on. You know, I mean, look, there, there was a point in time where you simply say, look, it, this is the game. This is a beautiful game. This is a game that I love. You know, the fact is, it's not for everybody, and nobody's being made to go out there and have to perform. Okay, you have the option of of wanting to do this or not. And it is a game where, you know, you understand there are risks. But look, at, I, if not for this game, I'd probably be back in Orchard Park, New York, asking you if you want it supersized or if you want paper <laughs> or plastic. Okay, this game. That's what Mitchell been, said, too. This, is bit, this game has been very, very good to the Wolfley family. And I understand Mike said I had 368 bucks in, 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 my, in his bank account, which was about 340 more than mine, okay, when I came to the Steelers. So this game and, and the Rooney family and Steelers have been very good to me, and I am grateful for it, and I, I love the game. What is the next game between the Steelers and Bengals going to be like? Because I'll be very blunt. It scares me to think about <laughs> Yeah, I mean it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. You know, I mean that, that's going to be another hard fought game. It's going to be a game that uh, it, it might be more than that. Will on on the bad side of the street too. Yeah, well, the, you know these things have a way though of being taken care of. The, what you're feeling here is the same thing it was back in the late '80s with the Oilers, and that's that was where frontier justice was pretty much you were able to uh, get a, a vigilante and, and, and group And the Steelers out. Raiders the decade before that. Yeah, they're, they're, it, it tends to run its course when you have a core group of players that play each other twice a year over a, a number of very important, very high-priority games, you're going to have some ill will, and that has to be sorted out. And, of course, that comes with good, good refereeing and keeping the guys at bay. What's the difference between the rivalry with Cincinnati and the rivalry with Baltimore, because it, it clearly is very distinct that, that one is different than the other. Well, it's it's evolved, okay? And we talk about core players. Well, you go back a few years, and you've got, uh, well, I remember when James Trapp tried to put a fire out on Plexico Burris' head. I mean, it's the only thing I can figure that Plexico's hair was on fire because Trapp was kicking him in the head. <laughs> so, I mean, that had to be, you know, because, all right, that, to me, I, you don't see that in the Cincinnati game. You know, we've not had that no, yet. No, no, that, that's true. Uh, it, it does change. And I think the catalyst, pure and simple, is perfect. Well, there you go. But let me ask you this. When did Terrell Suggs evolve to the statesman when he used to be Vontez perfect in an era? It's a I mean, valid point. That's Valid point. So, yeah, I can see where it's evolved out and, you know, I guess you... It's a different rivalry, but only right now. Yes, 
Yes, that's a, that's a perfect uh, way to put it. You know, people talk about the Steelers' star power, and certainly uh, it's been on display to good effect recently. But I think resilience, guts, and character might be bigger weapons for the Steelers. You look at uh, the last four games, they've won three of them by exactly three points. and It's rather a short leap from a good result to a bad result, but here they are 10-2. and two. No question about it. Well put. Look, you become what you are, and what you are is a team that is hung in there against uh, some some difficult situations that come through. Now, success begets success. When you got three game winners coming down as the time, clock expires, what do you call it, walk-off, field goals, whatever they call it, I mean, you start to expect it so that anytime you're in a close situation, we've been here before. And you could we've see that it. at Cincinnati, couldn't you? There's no question You could feel it on the sideline, I bet. Absolutely. Up until, I will say this, when Shaw jumped off sides and he reaches out with his foot and hits, uh, you know, uh, uh, Boz, thanks. He hits Boz, the Wizard of Boz, and Boz is shaking his leg and walking around. Now that bothered me. That really bothered me. Uh, where's Baltimore at right now? They have seven defensive touchdowns, which is just quite amazing. When you get that many defensive touchdowns, Wolf, how much of that is ball hawking? How much of that is luck? Because you've got to be a bit lucky to get a defensive touchdown. There's, there's the mantra that uh, turnovers uh, come, come in you know, bunches. Sacks and turnovers come in bunches. Well, this has been kind of it for this defensive group. I mean, they've got, they've got 20 interceptions in 12 games. It's amazing. I mean, yes, that is like, ridiculous. They've got nine fumble recoveries. You got, you're plus 14 on a, on a team that's just beginning to find its offense. You know, I mean, that's it, it is phen- phenomenal where they're at. They got 33 sacks, you know, but this is a team that that um, is is very they're they're strong defensively. They got excellent special teams, and their offense is something that they're finally. It looks to me like the last two games are starting to find some rhythm. It's getting better, and the thing about them is, I think they're starting to rely on the run a bit more, and to good effect. Uh, Flacco's not having a great year, like right, right, you know, mediocre, 77 passer rating. 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. But there's Alex Collins at running back. He doesn't get a heavy workload, but he averages almost five yards per carry. And I think he's a guy the Steelers really got to be concerned with uh, Sunday night. No question. You got to shut the runoff first. You got to make Flacco uh, have to beat you. Now, look, here's the thing about Joe Flacco. I think he had issues all through training camp with his back. I think that. They, it kept flaring up because I don't think the back heals during the season. You manage the pain. You know, you deal with uh, feeling better. I'm not sure anything it, heals during the season, <laughs> yeah, per that's se. That's a good point. Um, the, the, the thing I will say is that you get to a point where it feels better, and then you, get, you jack it up a little bit, and it gets irritated. But I think maybe he's getting better now. He looks better. He looks like early in the season, part of it has to do with the offensive line doing better. He was not exposing himself to any close calls on hits. He's not stepping into throws early in the season. He's unloading the ball. And you got Harbaugh's a run first guy. All right. Morningwig, the OC, is he's a West Coast throw the ball quick type of guy. Now you've got Flacco who wants to go deep ball with Morningwig and the running game. I think they're finding a comfort level together. Yeah, and I think they realize what they got and what they don't yeah. as well. Although they got a pretty good receiving core, don't they? They do, but look who's the leading receiver. It's Ben Watson, the tight end. Yeah. You know, you take a look at, uh, I think he's got something like 250 completions and 150 of them. I remember Tunch and I were talking about this morning on our show, and Tunch said 150 of them are running backs and tight ends. Yeah, that, that shows where their bread's buttered, but again, to good effect. Uh, and how much will they rely on the running backs and tight ends 
given the uncertainty for the Steelers at inside backer? Because I got to feel, I mean, I, I got to figure they're going to, you know, make Art prove he can play inside, make LJ Ford prove he can play more. Bingo, you're right on. I mean, that's that's the first thing I would do. You know, I mean, I think you got a couple areas of concern. You got a concern with Cody sense of ball, and you got a concern with Cam Sutton. You know, you've got issues there. You've got a wide receiver core. All these wide receivers for except for Jeremy Macklin, all these guys are like sub four four guys. I mean, led by Mike Wallace, you know, and he can he can still fly and, and Flacco can get him the ball. So you've got some issues both on you know, with Cody and with Cam Sutton. You got issues with on the inside linebacker and the fact that Joe, uh, at least historically, has been putting the ball uh, you know, into the backs and tight ends uh, area. Uh, finally, well, both teams have it all to play for. Uh, the Ravens uh, want to get a playoff spot. They're in one right now. And if they make it, nobody's going to want to play them in that wild card round. The Steelers want to get home field. Where is this game going to be won or lost? What is the key matchup that's going to decide what happens Sunday night? Because I think it's a really close game. I think it's going to be a. I don't. I don't know. I. I think it. 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 it in my mind, it's going to be a little bit bigger. I, I got a ten point spread on this one. Really? Yeah. Well, that's just me though. I got. I'm, at one point, I figured they're due for something. They've been playing so many close games. They're gonna. You know, things are gonna just go. And it's a. It's one of those national stage games. This is a Ben night. This is, we got Ben. You got Brown. You got Jimmy Smith is out for. Well, that, you know, that's big for them. That's and big. I think A B on a national stage. I think that toes feeling better. It's a good so point. I'm gonna go there. Yeah, I, you, you, I, I can see that happening. And I'm, I kind of think the Steelers are going to win, but the Ravens are going to backdoor cover. They, they could well do that. I I am the worst one at predicting. Okay, you. Uh, let me tell you something. I've I've gone. Well, if weeks... I'm going to Vegas next week, yeah. why do you think I get everything free? <laughs> are you back? <laughs> can we get you a drink? Can we get you a meal? Can we get you a room? Can we get you a limo? Oh my heavens! Yeah, I you know I can only tell you I've 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 played in games all a week of practice, and you're like we are going to tear this place up, and you just make a mess of the whole game. And then you've had a lousy week of practice and things fall in place. I don't know. But I got a feeling I'm I'm looking for a big game. Well, as long as they get uh, a margin of one or better, that'll be good enough. <laughs> That's it. That's Craig Wolfley. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. <laughs> Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Good day, Mr. Madden. Good day. Hey, Mark. I want a sugar daddy. Double M, how's it hang? About all at once. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Thanks to Craig Wolfley for coming in. That That's the best football talk. Very reminiscent uh, of the old Jack Ham show I did. Just really inside yet accessible football talk. So, uh, once again, thanks to Craig Wolfley. Uh, 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. I'm looking forward to the game between the uh, Ravens and Steelers. It'll be tough. It'll be hard fought. It won't be dirty. And like I said to Craig Wolfley, well, it might be a little dirty, but not dirty like that uh, game Monday night, which I don't think was a national nightmare like the media and ESPN, especially Bob Lee, who I love, but he went overboard with his criticism. Uh, I I think it was regrettable, but I don't think it, you know, was insulting, demeaning, you know, it just, it was a football game. And sometimes in physical sports, guys go a bit too far. And since Shazier did not get hurt by anything malicious, just a fluky kind of impact, again, I don't think it was a big deal. Uh, The Ravens and Steelers, it's more a rivalry of respect. The difference between the Bengals rivalry and the Ravens rivalry is Vontez Perfect who just uh, 
is a thoroughly despicable football player every single moment he's on the field. Now, regarding the big hits in the injuries in football, Mike Mitchell said, hey, he signed up to play full contact. Craig Wolfley, who was just here, confirmed that sentiment. Let's hear what Ryan Smith uh, said. He's an ESPN a panelist on Outside the Lines. He's also a legal expert. Let's hear what he had to say about big hits and injuries that result in the National Football League. Okay, we don't have that. Uh, we don't have that working. Okay, well, uh, pardon me. What Ryan Smith said basically was, you can't blame the NFL for big hits and injuries. You just can't. You can only change football so much. And he asked the question, is that working yet? No. What do you want the NFL to do? That's a good question for all of you, too. Although I suspect most of you, like me, don't care if the game remains physical. But if you do think we should evolve as a species, as all the high-handed uh, people say with their pinkies in the air, tell me how to fix it. And I've asked that question for so long about football, and I've yet to get a satisfactory answer. Uh, the Cleveland Browns fired their general manager yesterday and hired another general manager in a half day. And the Browns say they also interviewed Doug Whaley, who is from Upper St. Clair, worked in the Steelers front office, was Buffalo general manager, and most important, he's African-American, so interviewing him satisfied the mandate of the Rooney rule. Uh, that's a pretty full half day, although the interview of Whaley sounds pretty token. The Browns hired John Dorsey to be GM. He used to be Kansas City's general manager. He's a good football guy, but running the Browns will undoubtedly turn him into an idiot. Uh, congratulations to Jeanette High School. They won the single-A state football championship yesterday. Uh, well done, Jayhawks. But I still don't get playing that game on a Thursday. What's up with that? Let's go to Craig in the car. Craig, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, first-time caller. Um, Great. I have a, a couple things here. Um, regarding Ryan Shazier with him being out for the rest of the season and possibly for the rest of his career, do you think maybe going into the playoffs, the Steelers might you know, dedicate their performance to him and if it might boost them, like maybe get past New England? I know it'll be tough. But... Well, I'd rather have Ryan Shazier playing than try to uh, get inspiration from dedicating their season to him. I think every guy on that team will never stop thinking about Shazier on and off the field, but I don't know exactly what that will propel them to. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough road to hoe for the Steelers the rest of the way, and especially against New England without Ryan Shazier. I am eager to see how Art Motes and LJ Fort do in his place uh, against the Baltimoreans, but uh, boy, that's going to really hurt them against New England. Heck, it has the potential to hurt them greatly against Baltimore. You heard what Craig Wolfley and I were talking about. They used the tight end a lot. The inside backers involved there. They run the ball a lot. The inside backer is very involved there. And you got Vince Williams calling the signals. And like Wolf said, uh, I, and, and I'm agreeing, Williams is smart enough to do that, experienced enough to do that. But he's not used to doing that and then playing too. So, uh, again, Shazier's a big loss. There's no way to ignore how big a loss it is. Let's go to Anthony in the car. Anthony, you're on with Mark. What's up, Double M? What up? Hey, I was just curious. 
through the whole season, all the out-of-conference games we played, we've not faced a stud quarterback. Rodgers was out for Minnesota, didn't have their starter. I mean, Tennessee, Mariota just comes back. Indianapolis. Yeah, but the guy there. who replaced the uh, Minnesota starter turned, uh, out, to be, know, turned no, out to be better. I know. but You're, you're right, though. I mean, Deshaun Watson's not going to be available when the Steelers play Houston. They've played a lot of backup quarterbacks, uh, but that's football. I, but I just feel like, you know, we're going to end up with a good record. We haven't faced any good QBs. We get their playoffs. A hot Phillip Rivers or Tom Brady, they're, they're going to tear us up. I don't know. Hey, let's, uh, no, no, no. Let, let, me, let me make one thing real clear, Anthony. The only team that can beat the Steelers in the playoff game, even without Shazier, in the American Conference is New England. No other team is capable of beating them in a playoff game besides New England, period. And if they lose their starting quarterback, uh, I think the Steelers would overwhelm them. I think the difference between the Steelers and Patriots is the quarterback's a little better and the coach is a lot better. And, frankly, the trickle-down, the results from Belichick, the discipline and focus and consistency, that obviously is the biggest difference maker between the teams. But but in terms of uh, that the Steelers haven't accomplished anything, I... I could not disagree with that more vociferously. Ten and two is ten and two. A lot of quarterbacks got hurt. Injuries happen. That's the league. Ten and two doesn't lie, and if it does, it only lies a little bit. Let's go to Gary in the car. Gary, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Um, just a quick question on Shazier. Does it now seem a perfect time to bring Debo back into the mix? Where? Um, put him at outside linebacker and move somebody else in like they did with Moats. Okay, who do you want to move in? I don't know. Okay, Watt and Dupree are totally unqualified to move in. They're outside edge guys, period. If you want to involve involve Debo, and I know you call him Debo because you're probably very close friends, if you want to involve James Harrison, do it on the outside and give him somebody else's snaps. But let me ask you this. What makes you think that now is the time to get him involved when they've had him available all season and have barely used him? Well, I just think that um, he's you know he's he's obviously a qualified linebacker. Oh, okay. And obviously, he's not, bro, 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 bro. Be quiet for a second. Obviously, he's not, or they would be using him. You understand that he's been available and they've chosen to not use him, bro. You're living in the past. I, I do understand that. I'm not living in the past. Oh, no, no. If you think if you think James Harrison is an answer to their problems, any problem, especially an inside backer, you are living in the past. But thank you for your call. Real quick to Lamont on the south side. Lamont, you're on with Double M. Lamont, are you there? This is the big one, Elizabeth. I'm coming to join you because Lamont wasn't there when I picked up the phone. Okay, we got that soundbite. Let's listen before we go to break. Let's listen to what Ryan Smith said on Outside the Lines about what the NFL can do regarding big hits and injuries. Ryan Smith of ESPN here on The X. Well, I think one of the biggest problems the NFL has in all of this is consistency. You see Juju Smith-Schuster make that hit, legal hit, out for a game. You see Gronkowski do that dirty play out for a game. Where there's, How does that all add up? But in all of this, what kind of, kind of tricks me up a little bit is I don't know what the NFL is supposed to do about this. 
They keep getting blamed for big hits and injuries, but that is the game. Mike Mitchell's comments, I think, were the most succinct, best, most well-put comments we've heard from a defensive player about the rules against defenses on these hits. Because you know what? That's the game. He is a safety. He is responsible for laying out the big hits when guys get deep in the secondary. What is he supposed to do? As he said, ask the guy if he's ready to be hit. This is a problem for the NFL, but I don't know what people are expecting the NFL to do about it. And I don't know what people are expecting the NFL to do about it either. 105.9 X. You have to like that guy who called before the break saying they should put Debo in. Like, Debo's his lifelong buddy, and let's give my lifelong buddy Debo a break. If Debo could play anymore, he would have been playing before now. If you want to give him a couple snaps... On the outside, okay, but, I mean, Chicolo has played less and less. Watt and Dupree are the guys. And you know what? Watt's been very good. And Dupree hasn't excelled, but he's played good enough to be in there. Here's the Steelers' injury report from today. Hayden, Medikevich, and obviously Shazier are out. Mike Mitchell is questionable. For the Baltimoreans, the guard, Elabinur, Macklin, Mosley, questionable. Boy, if Mosley didn't play, that would be a big favor to Pittsburgh. He is something else. Uh, linebacker, Zadarius Smith, doubtful with the shoulder. I like all those wacky variations of names like Tredavious White from Buffalo, Zadarius Smith. From Baltimore. Those are cool names. Uh, speaking of which, Ryan Clark said on ESPN that Tredavious White says the whole hood is after Gronk. The whole hood, unquote. Tredavious White, of course, is the guy on Buffalo that got cheap shot by Gronk. And instead of just being the victim, White had to inject a little racial element into the mix. Football just keeps getting better and better. A, a bunch of New Orleans players got hurt last night when the Saints lost to Atlanta on Thursday night football. And Drew Brees, the Saints quarterback, says they occurred 100% because it was a Thursday night football game because more injuries occur on Thursday night with the short week, yada, yada. Now, that all sounds good and fairly logical, except if you actually look at when NFL injuries occur, more do not occur on Thursday night football. But who can blame Drew Brees for saying what he did in an era when you can just yell out excrement and people automatically believe it? Oh, one other uh, Ravens note. Wolf mentioned this. Jimmy Smith, the Ravens cornerback, and he's pretty good. He would have been on Antonio Brown. He suspended four games for PED violation, and he's out for the season anyway with a blown-out Achilles tendon. Somebody tell Jimmy Smith, HGH, human growth hormone, will make that Achilles tendon heal a lot faster. Hey, you're on their dime anyway with the suspension, right? Baseball notes, Giancarlo Stanton says he doesn't want to go to St. Louis or San Francisco. And I bet he doesn't want to go to the Pirates either. So maybe now San Francisco goes after Kutch. Everybody huzzahed and made merry 
when uh, Derek Jeter took over the Florida Marlins, and all he's doing is cutting payroll. He's like Bob Nutting with a much hotter wife. Uh, he already shipped D. Gordon, the former batting champ, shipped him to Seattle. Now he's going to ship out the guy who just did 59 home runs. Shoei Otani, the Babe Ruth of Japan, has decided to play for the Los Angeles Angels. I heard the Pirates just missed out. Again. Here's actually an interesting WWE story. On top of Ronda Rousey, apparently going to go to WWE. I don't know about full-time, but... That's going to be her primary occupation. It looks like she's done with mixed martial arts. But WWE had a women's match in Abu Dhabi. And in Abu Dhabi, women have to cover up. So Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss wrestled in full body suits. I think that's great. A small bit of history for those two. The last time WWE went to Abu Dhabi, the women weren't allowed to wrestle, period. I was driving to work today and I saw a uh, construction crew flag person. I think it was a woman. And I thought to myself, boy, in good weather, that job's a vacation. In bad weather, you're getting splattered with this. You're just damp, you're cold, you're miserable. You're standing like a dope waving that flag. How many jobs are like that? My buddy Steve, the mailman and butler, mailman, I mean, right up the street with the description there, uh, not only when it starts to get bad weather, but the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, uh, catalogs that go out in bulk at certain times of the year, Christmas cards, just like right now, my God, uh, bus driver, taxi driver. You know, hit nice, getting off the road. Assault crew. I don't know what those guys do. I guess they just cut grass, like, you know, for the borough, township, city, whatever. But can you imagine being on a salt crew when the weather's bad? You get that stuff all over you, embedded in you. That would just suck. And then, of course, crossing guard. These are all jobs that I intend to never do. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Lamont on the south side's back. We'll get to him in a minute. And in just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about the difference between the, the Ravens rivalry and the Bengals rivalry. I'm going to give you what I think are the best moments from the Steelers-Ravens games in recent memory. 1059X.